I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we've started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Hey, Chris. Hello, Kevin. What's up? Oh, you know, the usual. Uh, nothing ever really changes in isolation, <laughs> right? <laughs> but I do have another very important question for you today. Oh, yeah? And that is, how do we know she is alive? <laughs> Wrong movie. I know. Wrong movie. You wish it was that movie. I, you wish it was. I kind of wish that was the movie we were talking about today, but it's okay, because I think there is plenty to dig into with the film that we are going to talk about. Um, and what is that movie, Chris? Sorority Row. Sorority Row. Man. Not the house on Sorority Row. Not yes. the haunting of Sorority Row. Just Sorority Just Row. Sorority Row. Like Madonna, like Cher. Yeah. Just... Sorority Row. You know, I was thinking uh, 2009 was kind of a weird time in horror, you know? Because oh it was like sort of the last hurrah for these like studio slashers from mm -hmm. the 2000s, um, really up until like Halloween 2000, uh, 2018, with the exception yeah. of like Scream 4 and 2011. But um, we were kind of right at the tail end of that extreme gory remake era that kicked off around 2003 with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm -hmm. um, and we, t we talked about that period a bit. Last episode, I think, but, you know, pretty much the only films in theaters at the time were, like, these, like, torture porn films, like, Saw and Hostel, and then, like, some super gory slasher remakes, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and, like, Halloween, and Black Christmas, and My Buddy Valentine, etc., 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 and then you get the occasional, like, Asian supernatural thriller with The Grudge and all blah, 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 blah. Um, so, it was, you know, relatively uninspired time. Were you, like... Definitely. I think we were, we were both kind of teenagers, young adults during that time period, like... What were your thoughts yeah. on that time period? Like, I mean, there there was some good stuff, and then there was a whole lot of shit. So right. I, this was, you know, like, I, I, I liked the Texas Chainsaw remake, uh, but then a lot of the other ones weren't really very good. Like, I, the two worst ones that I saw were The Fog and Prom Night. Those were, like, unforgivably bad. And right. I just couldn't. Right. So that was probably the lowest point. And by by this point, you know, it it it, it had kind of run out of steam, and I don't think people really knew what was going to come next. And I think Paranormal Activity came out around this same time, and that's when it turned into the you know the whole found footage thing. And right. so this was kind of like the last hurrah. And it yeah. sort of went out on a, a bit of a, a soft note, I would say. I would say so, too. Um, yeah. Because we had this one, and uh, I did like My Bloody Valentine 3D. I think that, that was, was fun. better than it, it expected. Was, it, yes. it, I have my nitpicks, but I haven't watched it sure. since it first came out. So I might need to re-watch yeah. that. I was I was looking at like just a list of, you know, what were the popular films in 2009 um, mm -hmm. and the subgenres were just kind of all over the place. So you can tell like one era was ending and a lot of people were trying to like make films and figure out what, what the next big thing was going to be. Yeah. Because um, you had like, you had Orphan, which was you know, kind of a kid, bad Orphan kid, or a killer shit. kid, bad seed movie. Yes. Um, and uh, then some like supernatural horror comedies like Jennifer's Body and uh, Zombieland. Um, right. Uh, 
and then some like a, a viral plague movie like Carriers, which I've only seen once. It's been a while, but um, I have never seen it. And then of course all these. It's it's not great, but uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> a bunch of remakes like we talked about. Um, uh, Lars yeah. von Trier's Anti Antichrist, which is oh god insane. Yeah. Uh, and then T West House of the Devil, which I think kind of helped oh, right. usher in that slow burn, socially conscious era that we kind of been in recently which, which is interesting think um, of it yeah that might might have been like the first major sort of um sort of art house horror thing um right because then a, a few started to pop up and then it, it really got big about five or six years ago and so yeah i never really thought about that yeah that was kind of a little that was a little trailblazer there yeah yeah it's it's a good one I couldn't even tell you like what 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 era we're in right now. You know, it's know it seems either. like at the end of a decade, people are always kind of trying to start something new. And yeah. but like with all the coronavirus stuff now, it's like <laughs> I feel like that's 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 going to affect everything. So who knows like what's going to come out of it? But, I just hope yeah. it's not like coronavirus zombies. Like I don't want that. Oh please, my gosh. Dear God, yes. no! Please just kill me now if that's going to be the case. Right. I can't take it. Right. I just can't. <sighs> Because it seems like at least we were kind of on the verge of like a universal monster movie, like yeah. we're imagining, which could exactly. be interesting. Uh, yeah, but we'll see if that you know ends up happening. Now I don't know. Who knows? Um, I mean, who knows about anything yeah. now? It's it's all right. crazy. And I I thought it, it was also kind of interesting for this time period that we're talking about, like the two thousands. Um, uh, that's. We're, it, this was sort of immediately post 9-11 and everything just got yeah. really angry and angsty yeah uh, it, it was kind of true kind of across the board like i was thinking even like radio stations went from playing like these campy like backstreet boys and britney spears to like lincoln park and slipknot yeah like, pretty much overnight yeah. um yeah. and the same was kind of true for horror you know you had these kind of quippy scream era teen slashers and then we got it got into the the gory, grungy, extreme, super serious dark. slashers. Yeah, it's like this is yeah. part of Dimension Extreme. It's like exactly oh my God. Yeah. like what was that about? It was like a whole right. thing. Platinum Dooms and yeah, yeah it's, it was, uh... it's the unrated version, not seen in theaters. <laughs> it's like calm down, like that's so right. stupid. Everything was yeah, always yeah. unrated, uncensored. Come exactly, on. and like most of the time it was movies that never played in theater so it, it was like well yeah i guess it's gonna be unrated because you never had to go to the mpaa so like what's the point right it's like, exactly that's yeah it's not exactly new guys like come on right yeah or sometimes the movie w would be in theaters for like a week and then they yeah. release it and be like oh my god <laughs> this unrated version that you never saw i'm like nobody yeah. saw it like, yeah it's like <laughs> don't worry we haven't seen any of this movie so yeah god. yeah yeah, it was us. it was it was a weird time. Um, it was I, weird. I I remember like I just wondered like at the time I'm like I'm not really feeling this era and like am I even a horror fan? Because you know I was kind of a teenager right. at the time and I was like, yeah. and then later on in life I was just like, well, duh, I just didn't really like connect with any of those films. Like, I, yes, I'm a horror fan, but um, yeah, I I, just, I know some people um, really love this time period. So. There's a few that that I like. Um, I actually mm -hmm. just rewatched House of Wax from two from 2005. Right, and yeah. that one actually holds up, whereas a lot fun. of the other ones are kind of. It, it's like because this one sort of has just the right amount of of kind of mean spirited sort of torture stuff and like classic slasher stuff, and it's it's just a it's a really great mix. 
Whereas a lot of the other ones just kind of went too far to just like the sort of meaner side. And it just got kind of depressing. And I remember a lot of movies coming out where like everybody dies at the end. And mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. are ones where like sometimes they work and sometimes it's just like this is so aggressively depressing that I just want to like bury my face in the sand and just cry. I'm like, this is so depressing. Right, exactly. Right. And I, I think that film has a little bit of like uh wink wink nudge nudge in there too, yeah, which is some of like definitely. the ridiculousness of it. And um, definitely. I appreciate that. Uh that kind of took me back a little bit to the uh both the eighties some of the eighties um slashers and uh some of the 90s ones. So that was kind of yeah. fun. Like, a fun throwback there. Absolutely. And, uh, that came from Dark Castle, didn't it? Dark Castle, yeah. Yeah, they just, like, yeah. randomly disappeared at some point. I don't know what's up with right. that. Right, yeah, yeah. Because, like, yeah, they all, made some... all their films, I think, did fairly well. So I'm like, what went, yeah. what went wrong here, guys? I think the last one was... Right, right. Orphan? Was that their last movie? I think so. And that's a wild one too. We I mean, talked about that a second ago, but yeah. If they're going to go out, I mean, that's a pretty good one to go out with. Yeah, I'll have to go look. There might, there might have been some like direct-to-DVD stuff or something, but oh, yeah, it seems like, yeah. yeah, they haven't had a big film in Mm-mm. a while for sure. Yeah, that's um, been about a interesting. decade, right? <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That is crazy. <laughs> oh my god. That's crazy. Um, and, and there were some really good international films from this era, era too, oh, yeah. you know, of course, yeah. but um, you know, like the descent, of course, uh, mm, which is oh, perfect. The best movie, movie but, uh, ever. And then, uh, like a tale of two sisters, record. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let the right one in. Um, I think inside. Yeah, in terms, was around this yeah. time too, right? It was like oh yeah, inside, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inside martyrs. That right. All the new French wave. It was the French extreme. Stuff. Extreme era. Yeah. Everything's extreme now. <laughs> right but it's God. a bit classier than the american oh yeah because <laughs> stuff so there you go because they have style difference they're so stylish <laughs> right, with their right. baguettes and their yes, cigarettes exactly. and their seven limbs <laughs> god they were th- those are some crazy fucking movies i mean really they, they just are go, they, they go are. balls to the walls yeah, Damn. yeah. And there are a couple of those I like. I like I like Inside and yeah. Martyrs is, is something. Um, it's an interesting film. I, I I have a hard time saying I love it, but I, yeah, same here because yeah. I just rewatched that for for the first time. I think at some point this year, and it it had been about a decade since I saw it, and it was just my second time to see it, and I was like, this is still so fucking disturbing, and it's just it's one of those things that you can't really watch a lot. It's like. Yeah. Uh, Last House on the Left or, 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 or something like that where you appreciate it and you admire it a bit, but it's not something you want to pull out like on a on a rainy Sunday. You know, it's just not really that kind exactly. of movie. Exactly. Yeah. I always have trouble ranking films like that. that it, yeah. It's like they they affect me, but yeah, I, I tend to gravitate toward the uh, kind of funner stuff, or at least Me like too. yeah, stuff that I can revi- revisit more often. And I don't know. Right, yeah, it's um, just like it's just a little yeah. too depressing. Once <laughs> you know, yeah, but at yeah, least yeah, yeah. I will say this: it does have a point. I like that it tries to actually sure. say something. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's it's good that it like has some interesting thematic things about you know yeah. existentialism and you know yeah. our place in the galaxy and everything. But it, it's yeah, it's it's a lot and. Uh, uh, it's one that I have a hard time like recommending to mm-hmm. people to be like, oh yeah, go watch this, even though it is very interesting and whatever, whatever. Uh, Just remember, yeah, it's it's extreme, right? It's yeah. extreme. <laughs> um, and then like 
yeah, besides like the international films, like I can only think of a couple films from that era, like the American studio films that I like. Like I thought of like Drag Me to Hell's Great. Oh, that's um, that's probably one of the best ones in the past 10, 15 years. For sure. And that was like right at the tail end, like the same year that we're talking about now, I guess, with uh, 2009. So. Oh, it was, um, yeah. Um, and then uh, I like Slither. Slither's fun. It's more of like an action yeah. horror, but it's fun. Um, I, the Mist, maybe? I haven't seen that one since it came out. I, I don't I remember much Mist. about it. Um, that, okay. that, I, it's just sort of, you know, the, the special effects are, are not so special. <laughs> it's, just, it's sort of, right. it's like the computer today, yeah. tentacles. I'm just sort of like, could we have gone practical with this a bit more? It's just not. Right, right. That that kind of takes me out of it a bit. Uh, but the story's great. Yeah. And I think the yeah. ending is like, <laughs> the ending is so fucking depressing that I kind of love it. punches you in the it. face, yes. <laughs> like, yes. It's just so fucking mean. <laughs> yes. But it's really I great. love it. Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King was just like, okay, whatever. Like, it's <laughs> so great. Uh, I I felt like okay, we we don't have to get too much into the, like the the Pet Cemetery remake because we talked about that yeah. a little bit in the um, intro episode. But like, they kind of tried something similar with the ending of that, where they were going to oh, make it God, a little bit meaner, yeah. and it's like it just did not work as well. Yeah, as, it's like, like actually yeah. somehow they're trying to make it meaner, made it less mean. I, I think yes. I, I yes, always I liked the ending of the first film and the ending of the book are great. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. Yeah. I don't yeah. think they needed to change that. I don't really get the right. point uh, because for, for, for me, that whole ending felt kind of like a, kind of like a tongue in cheek thing. And it just sort of, it was a little goofy. It was like, Oh, we're about to kill the baby. <laughs> right. It's like, I was like, who cares? Like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I, at that point I was, I just washed my hands of the entire thing. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. going to help guys. It's just not. Exactly. It's yeah. So I stupid. checked out about halfway through and it was just like, <laughs> so all right, if this is what you're going to do, then uh, do it. But uh, yeah. Well, I don't know how we got on that tangent, but it was a good tangent. I don't either, but I'm okay with it. It needed to I'm be I'm okay said. with it, too. Like, it's a yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, so, before we get into our film discussion, have you watched or read anything this week that intrigued you or grabbed your attention? Well, like I said, I watched the House of Wax remake, um, and then I, I watched choice, uh, the 1931 version of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Which I loved mm-hmm. when I was a kid because I was obsessed with mm-hmm. um, transformation scenes, and uh, sure, and this one is a fucking doozy, and I still don't know how they did it. Like it's unbelievable. Right. Wa- watch this, and you will be floored. It is like the coolest transformation I've ever seen. It's pre-computer and all this stuff. It's unbelievable. It's so cool, and wow. it it. It was, um, I think it was like a pre-code film. So there's kind of like this sort of a uh, uh, sort of sexy, baldy hooker, and um, and there's some like side boob and stuff. And I was really surprised. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> they can show side boob? It was crazy. Um, so it's I highly re- recommend that. And I uh, I rewatched What's the Matter with Helen. Starring Debbie Reynolds and Shelley Winters, and mm-hmm. that's pr- pretty fun too. It's like a kind of a, a grand dame guignol film, you know, or exploitation cool. if you nasty. Yeah, and uh, yeah, 
And it's got some musical numbers, which I always support in a horror film. So, oh, have have uh, have you watched anything that's been delightful? Oh, let's see. Well, after our brief talk about Halloween Resurrection last week, um, oh, kind of put me in a internet horror uh, kick, which I think you saw on oh, no. Instagram. But uh, so, I, you know, I've watched a couple things recently, but the one I guess I will talk about is um, a little film called Fear.com. <laughs> oh, boy. Um. And man, I've not seen this movie in almost 20 years. Um, inter- interestingly, it came out the same year as Halloween Resurrection, which, for anyone who doesn't <laughs> know, the alternate title of that film was MichaelMyers.com. Uh, uh, so I kind uh, of wonder if they like... <laughs> I know, oh I know. God. So I kind of wonder if they, they changed the title because of that. But uh, it's it's a... <laughs> It's a it's a it's a strange film. It's uh, kind of like if you took like a dollar store version of David Fincher's Seven and like squished it together with Gore yes. Verbinski's version of The Ring. Yes, um, because there's like these these two parallel storylines that like don't really mesh. Like in one, you have this cursed website that kills anyone who sees it within a few days, which is basically The Ring. Right. Uh, and then in the other, you have this like psychotic serial killer doctor who's like streaming his murders online, uh, and like they kind of connect at the end, but. Uh, it's just kind of like pick a lane, like yeah. writers. Like I, I, I just don't it, it's remember strange. much and about it. It's 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 really. It's, I think it's been about twenty years for me too. Yeah, it's one of those movies where like you watch it, it's immediately gone from your head. So I had to like write down some stuff just so I like remember like what this movie is even about. <laughs> um, and William, William Malone directed it, and you know he did a great job yeah. with House on Haunted Hill ninety nine. Um, I think the problem with this one is it. It has that cool visual aesthetic that House on Haunted Hill has, but yeah. not nearly the fun that that movie had. Uh, yeah. It's a lot more self-serious, and uh, it kind of tries to take itself really serious as a noir drama thriller thing. But then there's, again, this absurd, like, 2000s internet horror vibe. So I, I just, I don't know. Like, it's not one of those films that I would recommend, but I also wouldn't necessarily not recommend it if you just, like, right. need something to put on. It, uh, it's, it's one of those. I, I do seem to recall it looked really, really great. It had like a really great right, sort yeah. of like atmosphere, and that's all I remember. Except there was a there was a there was a scene where someone like pukes up like cockroaches or something. Yes, something like that. Yes. I don't remember like what yes. like what exactly was going on in that I scene. But... I couldn't even tell you what the context was. <laughs> but yes, that is the thing that happened. <laughs> so I guess the website uh... makes you cough up roaches. I don't. Who knows? Right, right. <laughs> and I just love that a ghost built a website. Like I love early two thousands internet horror. It is if, absurd. If, and... if I if if I was a ghost, that's the first thing I I would do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do, right? Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Yes. Other than that, um, I watched the Hitcher remake, uh, which oh, I, right. again, hadn't seen since it came out. And that was I, that was pretty good. Pretty good. It's not um, that bad, right? No, no. Um, I will say it felt... Okay, well, I like that it took, like, the major plot points from the original and then put, like, a slightly different spin on them, which, that was cool. It did feel a little bit like a hate crime because they removed, like, most of the queer subtext from the original film. I know, I know. That kind of sucks. And, you know, I'm sure if you were to ask the filmmakers, they'd be like, well, but we gave you this cool final girl. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but we have so many amazing final girls at this point. Whereas, like, the original Hitcher... The original Hitcher had, had like, this great Twinkie final boy, and I'm like, I just, I want more of those, because how many of those do we have? We have, like, Jesse in Nightmare on Elm Street 2, maybe Charlie from Fright Night, given that he's, like, more interested in spying on his two male neighbors than having sex with his girlfriend in that movie. Very true, very true. Ha ha, interesting. But, like, outside of those, like, 
I don't know. It's like, I, I want more of these. And uh, especially now at this point, like I want some like actual gay, you know, final boys. But like that at that nice, time period, right? it's like. I think yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah, I've always tried to wonder why there aren't a lot of final boys. Because I, I mm-hmm, keep mm-hmm. thinking maybe it's just, it's, it's, it's not as acceptable to see a guy like screaming and crying and they kind of like will I think so. sneer at it I guess you know I don't know exactly yeah. why like that's probably the closest thing I can think of as to why they won't accept it as much but yeah I, I, think I think it's about time sense. they they have some final boys you know mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that would be neat right representation please yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, what was uh, I liked uh Night of the Demons, because that one had both the final girl and a final African-American boy, if I recall. Oh, it did, yeah. Kind of interesting. That's right. Um, That's a great movie. Uh, That's so much fun. Uh, yeah, it is. So good. But yeah, outside of that, they're, yeah, they're just... More final boys, please. And, yeah. And more slashers in general, because I'm ready for a slasher reboot. Uh, I am too. Like, I, I kept sort of hoping that the new Halloween might kind of ignite some kind of a slasher boom, but so far it really hasn't <laughs> i mean no like in terms of like mainstream stuff I, I mean i guess the american horror story did this last year's season but that's pretty much it I, yeah i, I don't know ugh, I it was even... so bad I, I, i'm sorry i know a lot of people I, loved I, it I but it's, it's it's ugh, i couldn't ugh. i don't think i even finished it like i it didn't was either those, um... i made it like four, oh well <laughs> five episodes in and i was like life is too short i can't do it right because this fucking just... show always it drags me in and it gets me interested and then it fucks me over. It's an abusive relationship. It's right. Awful. We just keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, sir, uh, Ryan Murphy, I believe you now you're not going to cheat on me. Right. And then he does a stupid plot twist. I'm like, Oh fuck Ryan. Right. God. Maybe you'll know how to do some cohesive storytelling now, even Please. though you didn't for the last like eight seasons, but uh, it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. um, I'm like, can and, it, and it, it has so much potential. I mean, they they have great right. casts, and they just don't really know what to do with them. And the storylines go everywhere, and they don't make any sense. I, I just know. Can't. I know. It's it's something, and that's kind of why I haven't really jumped into this new Hollywood series that everyone's talking about too. Because I, I feel I've like seen, it's going to be the same thing. And I've seen two episodes so far. I kind of okay. I like it ish. Okay. At the moment, but once again, only two episodes in, so there is still time to jump that right. shark. So I don't know. Yep, I'm sure Ryan Murphy will come out, come up in the future. But uh, let's. Uh, oh yeah. Move on for He's now. Everywhere. Let's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I guess we should do a plot synopsis for Sorority Row. Like, do you yeah, have one? Uh, yeah, okay. sure. All right. Okay. Well, um, all right. Cool. So, like any great film, Sorority Row opens with a sorority girl screaming, walking outside Mm -hmm. of a house and saying, Danny, give me my shirt. And with that, we realize that she's at a big party at Theta Pi, or inside every straight man's head, where hot girls jump up and down, uh, having pillow fights while wearing assless onesies. And their house mother is Carrie motherfucking Fisher, who is off in the kitchen making herself a little drunk. And uh, it's the kickoff party for the senior sisters of Theta Pi, and they're looking to celebrate by pranking one of their cheating boyfriends named Garrett, because you see, 
Garrett cheated on Megan. So they have set up a secret cam in Megan's room so that they can record the whole prank where Megan fakes a seizure and then fakes her death, um, making Garrett think that she that that he gave her bad roofies um and because uh, that happens all the time and right. uh they all gather in a car to take her to the hospital um but then they realize that she's dead but she's not she's just pretending to be and mm-hmm. so they go to some weird mine shaft and they say they have to puncture her lungs so that she will sink so Garrett takes them seriously and uses a tire iron to stab her in the throat. And, of course, Megan bleeds out. They all freak out. And they agree to shove her down the mine shaft and never speak of it again. And, of course, by graduation time, they start receiving incriminating texts from a secret someone who wants to reenact the movie Prom Night by putting on a graduation gown and killing them in various <laughs> ways of oral trauma. Until we discover that the killer is actually Andy... The boyfriend of the good girl lead, Cassidy, who's only doing it so their um, uh, uh, so their slates can be clean before getting married or something. I don't know. Um, and but there might also be two killers be- because Kyle, the boyfriend of Jessica, is also running around in the same costume trying to kill people. I don't. I don't know if that was a thing. True. Was you could read it killer? that way. I don't yes. know. I'm really I, confused. Hmm. Yeah, weird. there are a lot of loose plot threads here that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I. <laughs> Listeners, as you can probably tell, uh, I think we have some conflicting feelings about this one. Uh, yeah, very much know. so. Very much. It's, you know, I I, I think the first five minutes are kind of cringy with, like, the prank and Aldrina Patridge from The Hills. Um, yeah, yeah. Because she is one of the worst actresses I've ever seen in my life. Uh, she's <laughs> awful. So if you can get past that part, it gets okay for yeah. uh for a bit and then it kind of goes off the rails again and then it comes back and then it goes off again it's it, it is a roller coaster of emotions making you it wonder is. do i love this movie or is it a little not so great yeah there are aspects of this film that i, I appreciate a lot and yeah. uh we'll get into those um and, and we were talking before this but i think both of our notes are a little bit all over the place with mm-hmm. this one uh uh it in a different way than my killer party notes were, because with killer party, I feel like I was so invested in the weirdness that I was yep. constantly jotting notes all over. Whereas sorority row, I was just kind of spacing out like in these moments, like you mentioned that kind of just are in the down downward spiral. Yeah. And uh, who knows what I ended up actually writing down. So we yeah. will see. Uh, so yeah, l- let, yeah. So let's get into our S C A R E scare discussion. Cool. Right. We'll start with story and setting here. Uh, I think it's interesting the story set up because it is essentially a combination of the original house on sorority row with something like, I know we did last summer from the mm-hmm. late nineties. Yeah. Uh, because in the original, the sisters, uh, I don't think this is too big of a spoiler because this happens yeah. pretty early on. You know, the sisters accidentally killed their house mother, but then the rest of the story kind of takes place that very same evening. Yeah. Whereas here they accidentally kill one of their sisters and then they do the whole, uh, let's jump forward mm-hmm. like several months, like you said, which is very, I know we did last summer. Uh, then you get the whole like whodunit mystery killer angle, which that's in both of them. So right. uh, that's there. Um, and I think uh, totally this film feels a bit, I, I, 
it, it it's an interesting blend of like that late '90s slasher vibe with some of these like campy one liners, right? But then also like the really serious extreme slashers from the mid 2000s that we talked about. Um, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, it's it, it seems like it's trying to go for like a scream feel, right? And sometimes right. it it kind of hits the mark, mm-hmm. and then there are times like um, there's one scene where Jessica and Cassidy have just seen. The corpse of uh, Mickey, I think. Mm. And any sane person would go, oh shit, someone's just been killed. This is terrifying. But Jessica just goes, oh, that's definitely Mickey. I'd recognize those ugly ass shoes anywhere. I'm like, it's a funny line. But would someone really say that? It's not really. Whereas like she does have some moments where it makes sense for her to have those little things. But with this particular moment, I was like, that kind of undercuts any threat that I was starting to feel. Yes, I agree. Jessica has, she has some of the best lines in the film, but I I, I agree. And I, I, I went back and I looked at like who wrote this film and it was, you know, Josh Stolberg and Pete Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. And I guess they had written like Piranha 3D and, uh, jigsaw and mm-hmm. like the upcoming spiral movie uh and here's my spiel about the dialogue uh like you said there are some fun campy lines but they feel sometimes very forced and synthetic to me and uh, yeah I, and i did check on this and i feel like part of that is because both of these writers are straight and not to like generalize here but like nobody writes campy lines like it's true. Sorry. it's true like it's... this movie might could have actually used someone like ryan murphy actually yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the the reason that the first five minutes are so cringy is because they introduce all of the leads at once and they introduce them as archetypes and mm-hmm. it's the dialogue is just so forced in that bit and it just made me go like, oh god, this is this is not this just really feels weird it, because it's just like, hi Chugs, you have a drinking problem, right? Yeah, okay, cool. Oh Jessica, you're such a bitch. You make it an art form. Oh right, Claire, right. you're the token Asian. It's like it's yes, like yes. it's sort of sets up everybody at, at once, which is good, but it's like the way they do it is so it just made me cringe a lot. Yeah, same. No. It, and again, it just felt like straight men trying to write for like these characters. And I'm not saying this is not yeah. a thing that is possible to do, but uh, right, because yeah. look at the look at the original Black Christmas. Uh, exactly. You know, oh, that, that was written by a straight Perfection. man. So yeah. you know. Perfection. But yeah, it just it felt very forced at times, and I didn't always buy it. But there, like you said, there were some lines that do I think sell it and yeah um, maybe that's partly in the direction to you know uh, maybe the director just didn't tell them how to deliver the lines as well as they should maybe. I don't know it's maybe it's a hard so. thing yeah um, it kind of it feels like that was like the first thing that they shot like it's just like they're all kind of just getting to know each other and they're not really sure ab- about their characters or their dynamic yet and it was sort of it just feels really uncomfortable that that yeah. one that one scene especially just made me just uh, I, don't, I don't know. And then, uh, like you said, the the prank they pull on Garrett is uh, it just seems like it goes on and on, and it's it's yeah, it's, it's weird. I'm like, uh, what was the game plan here exactly with the prank? Like, yeah, they never really explain like when they were gonna call it quits and be like, ha ha, Jk, um, because it just sort of 
I don't, it's just, a, it's, it's, it's a weird prank. It's a very confused prank. <laughs> it is. And it feels very contrived. Like, let's release the air out of Megan's lungs so she'll float. And then Garrett's yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Like, Sounds uh, like a great idea, guys. <laughs> Here, here's it's... my super sharp tire iron. I'm like, yeah, are those yeah. even that sharp? I don't understand. Right. Like, what? And then it becomes like the, the weapon for the rest of the film. And it's like, okay, oh, I, I have questions. Uh, but... Ugh. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned this, but like once you get past that, it, I think it picks up a little bit. It, it does. Yeah. Like I think once they actually kill her, the scene mm-hmm. where they're trying to sort of like figure out what to do next is actually really great, and everyone's fantastic because there is mm-hmm. an actual sense of dread, and everyone's freaking out, and it's it actually does. That's a great scene. I appreciate all the flip phones in the film. Uh, that takes me back to like oh, 2009. Shit. That's fun. That was a Although wake some, up call. Some of these phones look old, even for 2009. But oh yeah, who knows? Oh, yeah. uh, and of course, it's probably filmed in 2008 or 2007. Yeah. Even who knows? But I uh, was like, that's uh, a pay as you go right there. I, yes, I, I, I just exactly. Know it. Yeah, mm. and also, my I guess my question is. Maybe I shouldn't... I know it's a slasher, but, like, why is the killer sending them these text messages anyway? Because it seems yeah. like it would be easier for him just to sneak up on them and kill them without them being paranoid. Exactly. Like, you know, for, about a potential ambush. And I guess yeah. this is a question you could ask about a lot of slasher films, but this one, I think it just... I don't know. It bugged me a little bit. I think maybe because the reveal at the end just didn't sit with me at all. And then I went yeah. back and I was like, okay, but but why? I don't know. It's like, is, is he trying to get them to turn themselves in? Like, so he won't have to kill them. I don't understand. Right. It's very weird. It was. And, uh, we will get into our, our (laughs) dream killer later on, but, uh, because we had a much better idea, but they we didn't really ask do. us. So they what are you going to do? Unfortunately, we didn't get a pass <laughs> at the scripts. So. Yes, yes, yes. I-, I did find it interesting that there were three final girls. They left three of the girls alive. That was... Uh, hmm. I got thoughts about that. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, God. I Look, okay. So Cassidy, I like. I'm glad that yeah. she survives. Ellie is so fucking useless. <laughs> Kill her off. She should have died... 45 minutes in, when she went into the basement, they right. could have just killed her off then. The entire film would have played out so much better. She mm-hmm. does nothing except scream and cry for the rest of the film. And it's like, they try to give her like this dumb like girl power with a shotgun ending thing, but it doesn't really work because like four minutes before that, she was hiding in a closet. It's just like, it's not really... I don't really buy it. And then you have the sister of Megan, uh, Maggie, I think, and she's also incredibly useless. Yes. And I'm like, why does she get to survive? I don't get it. Right. Honestly, like, I would have even preferred, like, Jessica surviving, because at least she had some fun one-liners and a little bit of development. Jessica deserved it. And here is why. Because she is actually very smart. Mm -hmm. I think she is very, very intelligent. She makes pretty good choices she's a a total bitch but you know i mean she owns it at least um and she actually gets the most interesting storyline because there is kind of like an arc there where she's kind of like okay i'm trying to be the type of girl that that this guy would would want me to be and she's trying to impress his dad who's like trying to be like the vice president or some shit and then at the end she she's like no sisterhood is more important fuck you 
And I was like, so she gets the arc, and then she's just immediately killed. I was like, that's not fair. Right. And I was like, I, yeah. I, I liked her. <laughs> I did too. And I appreciate that she was fairly pragmatic, like, in a crisis, which yeah. uh, I, th- I think that's interesting. You know, while, while all the other girls are freaking out, she's just kind of like, I can't help but think what what I would have wanted if Megan were lying here. Or, or what is it? If I were lying where Megan was right now, I can tell you what I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want you guys to throw away your lives over something that can't it's be changed. It's so good. It's just like it's such a calculated, like, politician's wife it argument. Is. You know, I it's love so that. You know? It's like she's kind of thinking of the greater good, but of also her yes. herself, <laughs> herself at the same time. But right, the, exactly. the scene that I love is when they go back to the uh, the scene of the crime uh, from the opening, and Garrett's there, and he's got, like, a piece of glass, I guess. And so everyone's, like, freaking out. And she just goes into the car and runs him over. <laughs> she just is like, fuck this. We're not gonna do it. He's fucking crazy. Like, we're just gonna oh, gosh. end this right now. I'm like, that is brilliant. <laughs> like, that is a moment where the humor actually really, really works. It's yes, yes, so yes. funny, but it's so truthful, too. Like, I would like to think I would do the exact same thing there. Like, just exactly, exactly. run him over. Like, what the fuck? Right, right, right. It's like, oh, I love that bit. Yeah, it's just some great lines. Like, uh, calm down. Nobody's dead, Ellie. Well, Megan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <No>. Megan. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, like, <laughs> when they find Megan's body, it's like, oh, my God, it's Megan. Oh, She's like, oh, she, she looks She's terrible. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Like, those lines are great. That works. That totally works. Like, she sells them. And I think maybe that's the thing. Like, she just is so good at selling these lines. Maybe even if they're not great lines, but she just knows how to sell them. And I appreciate that. I'm trying to figure out right now why she doesn't have, a like, like this huge superstar career now. Right. Because she sells everything and is genius throughout the entire film. She does. Yeah, I looked at her, like, her, what she had done, and, like, not much, like, yeah. some CW stuff, like, the originals and the Charmed reboot, but, like, not a lot of film, like, major film roles, and it's, like, she's great. She's I don't a know fucking why star. I'm, like, yeah. give her, like, her own fucking show. She's, she's right. great. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, moving <laughs> on to the characters and cast, so we hit on Jessica here. Uh, what do yeah. you think of Cassidy? Cassidy's great. I mean, she's, you know, she's, uh, she's got good morals and uh that's i guess that's cool um like there's times she she kind of goes into the uh uh julie james kind of syndrome where it's like you know she she's kind of the stick in the mud um yes uh but i i do like that she does leave the sorority after all this crazy shit and it's 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 a really good alibi for for her so that, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, if they were to get caught, she can always just, you know, be like, I'd like to point out that after the murder, I did leave. And, you know, she's, she's, she's got a, a cute little boyfriend and they have a good sex life. And I appreciate mm-hmm. that. That's great. Yeah. So she's not like a little repressed virgin, I guess, which is good. Right. That's, that's cool. Right. Um, that's pretty much all I have to say for her. She's a nice, a nice gal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, that's about all I... She's real sweet. All I had to. Uh, you know, she's... <laughs> She's a pretty good foil for Jessica, which I yeah. appreciate, um, uh, yeah. she, because Cassidy's more of kind of like the lawful good type, and like, no, yeah. we have to do the right thing, guys, and uh, yeah, you know, and uh, Jessica's more pragmatic and like, yeah. okay, but think about you know, think about your lives and, and, exactly. and my life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I guess Cassidy was played by Brianna, Brianna Evigan, um, mm. who also has not done a ton, but she is kind of a mini scream queen. She did like yeah. uh, the Mother's Day 2010, which I I have That's not seen right. that. I've heard it's pretty That's good. Right. Um, I haven't seen better, it in better years. than expected. Anyway, I haven't seen it in a long yeah. time. I think I remember enjoying it. I've heard it's better than expected, which yeah, good for for this era. I will take. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess she did Burning Bright, uh, and then I guess a couple other things. But interesting. Uh, so she does a pretty good job with this role, and um, I appreciated her in it. And like I said, I think she made a pretty good foil for Jessica. So that was I nice. do like her uh, her kind of like whiskey voice. Like she always kind of yeah. talk, talks like this. Like she's got a really bad cold. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, yeah. that. That's a that's a good character trait. I like it. Right. Yeah. It That's why she got me. the part. I know it. Yeah. They're like, we like her voice. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we we kind of already talked about Ellie here. I mean, she is uh, played by Rumor Willis, who yeah. I knew from The House Bunny. That's about the only thing I'd seen her in. Uh, she's the eldest daughter so of Bruce Willis and Demi Moore, so that's kind yeah, of interesting. That's, yeah. Um that's something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and she's uh, she's um I I didn't like really think much of her until I heard that she was playing um Roxy in Chicago. And right. I saw her do a number from that, and she actually has a really great voice. And I was like, okay, cool. I am now on train. Rumor, I like her now. She's cool. got she's got some talent, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah. Like her. Because we don't really see that in this film, so yeah, it's not <laughs> it's her not. fault. She has nothing to play. It's just right, scream right. and cry, and then she like she fucking faints. I, I don't. No one seems to do that right. anymore. I don't know why she... It, it's just... It's a. It's not a very good character. It's just not. Yeah. And I think part of the problem is we've had two really good girls with glasses in the previous films we covered. Yeah, so now yeah. to have this one who just does not live up to Vivia or Heidi, no, of course. So no, she it's, is not. It's, she, doesn't, she doesn't deserve to clean their laundry. No, no. Unfortunately. No. Um, and then Claire. Uh, you know, I think she's she's charming when they give her some scenes to work with. I like that yeah. scene where she's confiding in Cassidy and she admits that like they made a big mistake. That's not a calling really the good scene there. Yeah. That's, uh, it is. that's like it a, is. a nice little dramatic bit. That's yeah. Nice. And I kind of appreciated that. Um, what was it? Cause she hooked up with her ex boyfriend in the hot tub earlier in the film, but then right. when he wanted to hook up earlier, later on, she's like, no asshole. Like, yeah. like this is like, I'm not just gonna do it whenever you want to do it. You know, yeah. that's, that was something. Um, but yeah, she just she didn't get a whole lot to work with. Uh, Not really, no. I wanted more from her. Um, yeah. And she was played by Jamie Chung, who I guess I guess was on The Real World in one season of that, oh. and that was kind of her breakthrough thing. And then she did, oh. like, Once Upon a Time and a couple other TV shows. But yes. Uh, well, I have to say, for a reality star, she's a lot better than fucking Audrina. Good lord. This is true. This is Ugh. true. Yes, yes. Um, and then Chugs. I love Chugs. Uh, I love I, her. <laughs> I like her, you know? Um, she's so fucking nasty. <laughs> she is, you know? And she owns her body, and she does kind of whatever she wants. She's There's like, just a line where um, uh, she's, like, making out with with some guy, and he mm-hmm. and he's like, you taste like vomit. And she's like, oh, that's because I threw up a bit before, but I, ha- I had a mint, so you're, you're totally fine. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I feel like I know a lot of girls like Chugs. I think she yeah. kind of comes across as the most realistic one in this. I think so, too. Yeah. She's, she's got her issues, but she's she's fun. You know, I like right. her. And then, you know, when this, like, skeevy therapist, which, uh, oh my God, this character, tries so to manipulate gross. her into sex, she's just kind of like, 
okay, you know, I don't have anything better to do today. So <laughs> yeah. I guess whatever you want, bro. It's so like nonchalant and like, yeah. okay, like if this is what you want, I don't really give a shit. Like I'm not going to enjoy it, but whatever. You yeah. Know? She's awesome. I, I, I like her. I, I, I do too. I wish, I think Ellie should have probably died first and yes. then Shugs could have taken her place. Maybe. I don't right. know. Something yeah. like yeah. that. Because I think Shugs gets the best death scene in the film easily. Right. Right. That one just looks like it really fucking hurts. Ooh, it yeah. looks, it's nasty, vicious. nasty, nasty. Yeah. It comes so early too. And, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's the one scene that I think has kind of a little bit of suspense. It's kind of, it's, it's a little bit more elegantly shot and cut together. And yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to, of this film, I would say the obvious MVP and mm. she only has two scenes, but that is Mrs. Crenshaw. Mrs. Crenshaw, Carrie motherfucking Fisher. Yes, yes, yes. And she is costumed and styled like a sturdy lesbian, and I love it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she is everything that you would want from a house mom, you know? she's mm-hmm. She loves her girls. She fights to the death to keep them safe. She knows how to wield a shotgun. And um, and here's the thing. I think she should have been the killer because they, yes. they didn't appreciate her cheap jewelry that she gave right. them. I think that would be right. a, a great reason, you know? <sighs> And that would I be a spit. perfect, yeah. a, a perfect just callback to the original, where they think that Mrs. Crenshaw exactly. is the killer the whole time. Exactly, so it's like, it, it was such a missed opportunity to absolutely not do that. But and I just, uh, I feel like Carrie would have done a great, like insane, like mad scene where she's just oh, like, for you know, sure. I spent hours picking these out, you spoiled bitches, and like just like uh, <laughs> coming at them with, with with like a knife. Oh my god! Oh, she would have been so great. Heaven. Uh, and I love that when they introduce her character, she's first she's just kind of making tea, and then she walks yeah. over and pours like Bailey's into this like, like tea. <laughs> that is yes. such a Carrie Fisher thing to do. Like, oh, let's it's just so great! Uh, I love yeah, it so much. I think I had forgotten. Like I, I remembered that I loved her in this movie, but I forgot how little she is in this film. Like she's only like two scenes, literally really. Literally in it for maybe six minutes all together. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they probably shot all of her stuff in like one day. Because sure, there's, yeah. there, I mean, she doesn't really do that much, so I no, 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 bums me out. Oh. Right, like if you're only gonna watch two scenes of this movie, like just watch her scenes. Like yeah. that's the reality, right? Exactly. Uh, she's perfect in this. Right, she's great. And then uh, the guys are all kind of inconsequential. Like I, I do yeah. appreciate that. You know, they don't really get much to do, and at, at least the focus is on the women. The problem yeah. is though. I think one of the things that turns me off about this film, and I think you kind of alluded to this earlier, but, like, the female characters are pretty catty and bitchy to each other, like, right. the whole time. Yeah. There's not really any sense of sisterhood throughout this. That's which... the problem, because they talk about it so much. Like, we right. are sisters. We are bonded by secrecy and solidarity. I'm like, but I'm not really seeing the sisterhood. Right. Much. Like, none of them seem to really like each other, which is yeah. a contrast to even the original House of yeah. Swirl, where it's I like... believe that... They kind of liked each other, at least. I mean, Cassidy's nice, and Ellie's nice, I guess, but that's pretty much it. Everybody else is kind of out for themselves, for the most part. Right. And and it's sort of... Yeah, like, I feel like if Jessica was the only one who was, like, really, like, the mean bitch, I think that would have worked. Yeah. But it's like they kind of try to make everybody, like, tiny versions of Jessica, and it's sort of... It feels like it has a very singular voice... But it doesn't make sense for all of the other characters. It's like, that is very true. They all kind of because talk a film, the same and yeah, exactly. Like a film like Mean Girls works for the reason you exactly said. Like you exactly. have Regina George, who is yeah. like 
the bitch, bitchy character. Exactly. Um, that everyone else is kind of just like reasonably okay human beings. Right. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's yeah, so maybe that could have worked here, but yeah. Uh, again, missed opportunity. Gonna... What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Yeah. I. I. You know. I. I yeah. It's just not. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we should mad. note like we, we realize that a lot of people love this film especially gay yes, men so yes. like we're not saying like you know no, it's, it's our a opinion. very <laughs> enjoyable film for the most part. right i right. enjoy this it, movie and i i will say i went to go see this three times in the theaters yeah and yeah. so i supported this film okay whereas yeah, a lot yeah. of you did not because it played for like two fucking weeks so you know what right. suck it okay yeah yeah yeah, I just don't think it is particularly aged as well as one would hope. It um, hasn't, and that kind of bugs me. That's unfortunate. Um, I kind of thought it would hold up a little bit better, but... Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. remember this came out right around the time of Jennifer's body, and that has held up incredibly well. Right, that and plays better today yeah. than it did then even, so and, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's really weird that you had these two sort of horror comedies coming out at the same time. And one, you know, and, and of course they, they were both humongous flops. So they both kind of right. tanked at the box office, but it's, it's weird that one of them has actually come out as kind of a cult classic of sorts. And the other one is still kind of, eh, it's kind of a missed opportunity. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, I guess we couldn't complain too much because like, you know, since then we've had hardly any studio slasher. So at least That's they were true. giving us yeah. something at that point that, in time. But yeah, that but, is uh, definitely true. Uh, but, oh, well, uh, okay. Some artistry, th- artistry things here. Um, oh, yeah. so this, w- this film was directed by Stuart H- Hendler, who I think had mostly directed commercials before this. I saw he did this like straight to video supernatural thriller called Whisper, which who knows? I, I've never seen it. I don't know. Um, and since then he's done a lot of like action sci-fi stuff. Um, I could so see whatever. that. I could see that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I really hate the way this is shot. It's I do like, too. The, sh- the shaky cam drives yeah, me nuts. I'm like, in why this. did you give a camera to Catherine Hepburn? What is going on? It is right. so confusing, yeah. and it just gives me a headache. And it's all Same. kind of color graded to look like a Twilight film. Yes, and I, mm-hmm. I, it's all green and kind of like washed out. I just, I right. just think it looks ugly. I, I hate. I said it. the exact same thing. So I'm it's glad that you agree hideous. about that. Yeah, it's so it's, hideous. I, oh, it's kind I of flat and drained of color, like you said, yeah. monochromatic ish, and it's gross. yeah, and, and I think I don't know. We talked about the pacing. I think you could have cut like 10, 15 minutes out of this and still been fine. Uh, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. And this one's not extremely long. It's like an hour and 40 minutes, at least the version that I watched in. Yeah. But yeah, I think some things could have been trimmed down a bit. I think, especially that extended kind of opening scene. It, I yeah. don't know. I, like, I, I don't remember having a lot of issues with the pacing earlier, but uh, this time around, I was just kind of like, why is this movie still going? You know? I, yeah, and I, it felt slower this time. To uh, me. I don't know. I don't, I don't, know. I yeah. don't know why, but it just did. Who knows? Who knows? Um. Some of the deaths we talked about are pretty gnarly, and yeah. I do kind of appreciate that. The chug skill yes. with the wine bottle is great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's actually not, like, a ton of kills. Like, I kind of wrote down no. what's happening here. There's, like, the sorority sister in the shower, who's right. just, like, this random character. Uh, Mickey, the ex-boyfriend in that, like, dumbwaiter thing, which is interesting, I guess. Kind of uh, cool, yeah. Yeah, and then Claire in the jacuzzi, which... I just would have liked to see more what was going on. Like the bubbles were covering yeah. up like everything with, with the flare gun thing. And I don't, um, 
the mechanics are a little iffy. And then Kyle and Jessica with the tire iron at the end. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, man. And that's... And like you said, the, the whole Kyle thing, it's like, what... Yeah, what is his deal? Like, you I know? feel like he would have made a much more interesting killer, actually. Like, if maybe mm-hmm. it turns out that he and Jessica were kind of in this together because they're trying to cover things up to help his dad's campaign, that would make more sense. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. and then maybe she kind of got cold, cold feet and was like, I don't want to do this. And so he's like, well, you know, I'm still going to kill them all. That, that would have made more sense. I, I, I think. Um, and it kind of seemed to be building up to that in certain scenes. Mm-hmm. And then it just dropped the ball and it was just like, okay, well instead we're going to have this random guy be the killer. Um, didn't really, right. the I killer reveal, like I think really hurts the overall product of this film. Um, it's, it's probably the worst part about the film. If I'm going to be is. totally frank, it it's, I, it's, it's no offense to, to the actor. Um, I just don't find him very threatening. Right. It's sort and of, the actor, he was in um, Cry Wolf, which Cry I kind Wolf. of like that one. Yeah. And, uh, but he played like, the protagonist in that one. He didn't yes. play like the killer. And I think and he he's, makes... he's incredibly cute, very sweet. And I believe yeah. he's openly gay, actually. Interesting. Um, yeah. But I just don't. It's kind of a mix of being kind of miscast plus the fact that it's just a bad choice for the killer. Right. It just doesn't... Because it's like... So the motive here is just you're killing these people. So I don't... What is the motive exactly? (laughs) It's something like... It's like, okay, if I remember right, Ellie told him that about right. this whole thing with with the sisters, and then he was like, oh, well, this can't get out because this will ruin my girlfriend's life, so yeah. I have to now kill every single person who has ever known about this, <laughs> which I don't know how he found out that, like, who like how some of these characters knew about this, but somehow he found out right. and decided, like, this was the only way to make things better is if I go and kill every single person, and I'm like... Okay, but then again, why did you text them to tell them you're going to kill them? Yeah, <laughs> I don't and get that. Why was he there during that whole shower scene? Yeah, just randomly hanging out in full costume as people were coming and going from the shower room, and he was just eavesdropping, and no one was like, "Hey, why is there this random dude in a graduation gown just outside of our shower?" Like it just exactly. I, I don't get that part. That was sort of weird. Yeah, the people who do like really love this film, I think. I think you have to do a little bit of mental gymnastics with this killer reveal. There's, there's a lot of it, there's, yeah. There's, uh, there's some things here. Uh, and in all fairness, even though I used to like this a lot more, I always despise like the last five minutes of the film. I, it same. It always just bugged me. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And then the ending, like the actual ending. Mm-hmm. First of all, Garrett would have been dead. So yes. why are we pretending like he recovered completely fine and is now a gardener at the sorority house? It, like, and people are going to have to, like, I, I just don't think they thought it through because no. I remember when I first watched this, everyone was like, who is that? Because it's right. it's been so long since we've seen him and we just assumed he was probably dead since he was, you know, hit by a car and slashed his own wrists. I mean, that's kind of a doozy. Um, Mm -hmm. so to bring him back for like the stupid, like, I guess it was trying to like plan for a sequel. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. There's, 
Yeah, that I didn't. I don't even know if I connected in my head that that was supposed to be Garrett. I for some yeah. reason I was like, oh, is is this like Julian? Somehow he survived this like fiery inferno. I, I, yeah. So that's interesting. That and, and and yeah, I think they left the three girls like there so that they could potentially maybe come back for a sequel or something. Right. But it was just yeah. It, it, and the ending is just very like. I don't know. It just gave me that really like late two thousands vibe of like, yeah, we're bitches and like we we the we own the world. We yeah, the slow mo. We the run slow-mo. the world. And that song, it's like it's like, yeah. don't touch me, touch me, you <laughs> disgust me. It's like, oh my god. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, it's it's kind of like I have a little soft spot for that. I think it's just so ridiculous. Right. It's oh my god. I I have a feeling that. This is a film that we're going to constantly, like, sort of evolve with. Like, I feel like in 10 years, yeah. maybe I'll go back and look, watch this and be like, okay. Like, I'm yeah. really nostalgic for that period now. So, right. like, oh, okay. Like, now I'm feeling this more. But yeah. right now, I'm like, I I still feel very close to this period and not in a good Me way. Too. Like, I'm like, I didn't really like this period that much. But yeah. nostal- nostalgia is a crazy thing, yo. Like, I used, I used to, like... I was not in big into like anything from the early 2000s, but now I'm like watching all this eye horror stuff from the early 2000s. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So who knows, man? Like uh, anything can happen. It is anything can happen as this year has proved. Um, yes, this, yes. I, I'm just fascinated that I had such an, I, that it, my opinion on this has evolved so much from like 10 years ago. Right. Because I knew it was very flawed. From from mm. the start, but I could overlook a lot of stuff. Um, and this time around, I was just sort of like, "Oh man, there's just so many missed opportunities," and and that's kind of what's bugging me the most. Yeah, there's there was a lot of potential for certain elements to really shine, and I think a, a few of them do, and a few of them just fall a little bit flat. And yeah. uh, I I will say we can go into our revelations here, but one thing that I really did appreciate was the fact that there is very little gratuitous nudity in this. And the one tit shot is very like tongue in cheek. Yeah. And it's followed by the, the sorority sister, like giving the audience the bird. It's like, Oh, you yeah. wanted to see perfect tits. All you had to do was ask. And oh, I, right. I, I kind of appreciated that. Yeah, because I thought that was kind of funny. It was. Yeah. And, and like, that was the only really tit shot in the film. And it was like, okay, audience, like you like, okay, straight bros, you came here just to see my tits. All right, here they are, yeah. but I'm not going to be happy about it. You know, it's exactly. that very Chugs thing of like, okay, like if you want this, whatever, but deal with it, you know? Yeah. So I appreciated that. Um, yeah. Other than that, like yeah, we talked, that shady therapist is like, like, what the fuck? Like he, so he fucks his clients and then writes drug prescriptions for them. I just, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm like, what's his number? Like, this sounds great. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the score is kind of all over the place. It, it uh, People might be interested. It was by Lucien Piane, who has done a lot of work with RuPaul on like, RuPaul's Drag Race, and he's actually been on the show a lot to like do coachings, and he writes that. a lot of the arrangements. So that's interesting. Um, he's also kind of a controversial person because he's made some really bizarre comments in the past, but oh. that was kind of an interesting way to at least relate something queer to this film. Like, like he's openly gay and, like... Uh, so there's a, And he's done a lot of like techno remixes, like I said, and that, you definitely get that vibe from this... Yeah, there's kind of there's kind of like a fun little like techno vibe where it's like yeah, right. It's kind of exciting at times, you know. Kind of like right. This was kind of that rave era of horror where like everything had to be at a rave. Although it would have been like the the very end of that, but yeah. Um, So that that was kind of interesting. Did you have any revelations? I'm well. I'm trying to figure out how Andy got down the well and got the tire iron. Megan's corpse, the cell phone, 
and all of that shit. Um, and then had the blood on hand to write Theta Pi Must Die on the wall <laughs> just so they could use it for the movie's marketing campaign. I thought that was yes. really brave of him. I uh, <laughs> And whose blood what was that exactly? Like, yeah. was it his? Because Megan didn't look like she'd been producing any fluid for a while. No. Um, so I no. know he didn't prick that bitch's finger. Um, so I just don't know. It, it's like, did he bring his little paintbrush set with him too? Because it's really good calligraphy. I'm really impressed. Right, I don't, right. they didn't really, uh, they didn't really explain that. I, I don't, hmm. So many questions with that character. Yes. Yeah. It's like, I'm just picturing him like he's like climbing down there. Like he's like splunking or something. Yeah. And he's got on like his, like his goggles and like his like little hat mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, with the, it's with like the a, a scene light. From, scene Scene from the de- the descent here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's just like, "I'm coming down." Like, I just, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of adorable. I I kind of love that. Right. Oh, it's Megan. Oh, you look terrible. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, it's probably the best part of the movie, actually. It know. really is. That's a great line. <laughs> or like, corpse is just hanging there, and I, oh, it just it. I mean, in me all up. fairness, she does look like shit. I mean, like, let's get real. Like, she looks like <laughs> right. a fucked up corpse. That is awful. Right. If this were a teen movie, we'd be doing, like, a montage scene right here to make <gasps> Megan look better, but... That's a better ending. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is such a good ending. Oh, oh gosh. It's, oh, it's, it's damn. Something. Missed opportunity once again. Missed opportunity. This whole film is kind of hashtag missed opportunity, but that's okay. Um, because like you said, there are little bits that do kind of work and that at least makes it interesting to revisit from time to time. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. why is Maggie just like waiting in the middle of the road for them in that one she, scene uh, where she, she makes just, no like, sense randomly I, there? <laughs> She's just uh, like in the road. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this character is just constantly like spaced out and zoned out the entire movie. And I'm just is. like, I don't get it. But then occasionally gets like a quippy one line and I'm just like, I she's not I don't know. Like I don't I don't believe that this this no. this person would, would be able to to have these lines in real life and, and I don't why know. Why is she know. there? Yeah. I don't yeah. understand like I mean I guess she's a good red herring, but right. like right. it she doesn't have like why is she there? Like Right. Cuz like I know it's not for her sister's graduation because her sister is missing. Um right. so it's like what's going on here? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is um, she there? Why? So many questions. Why does she um, fucking survive? She is bringing yes. nothing to the plate. Nothing at all. Exactly. Why does yeah, she get like, to survive? Chugs should have survived. That mm-hmm. would have been better. Exactly. What are you going to do? do? This is so stupid. Oh my god. Uh, okay, so what are your just final evaluations here? Uh, I, I think we kind of addressed a lot of these things, but what, what what's your kind of final take here? Well, you know, there's a, a, lo- a lot of stuff that does not work here, but mm-hmm. when it does work, it really, really works. So I, I wish they'd maybe given it a few extra drafts before shooting it, and it needs a new killer, and it needs a better last act, and less people yeah, need to yeah. survive. Um, and I used to really, really love the humor in this, and now I just keep sort of thinking about how a lot of it undercuts the tension a lot. And, uh, I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not really funny enough to be a full blown dark comedy and it's not intense right. enough to really be a great horror film. So it's kind of in this weird in between state. 
But right. but there's really a, there's a lot of really fun s- stuff here, and there are parts of it I really like. So I st- I still sort of recommend it, uh, but it just didn't tickle me as much as it did when it was first in theaters. So uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I I agree with everything you said. Um, and then I really wish that. <sighs> I wish there was a little bit more of a positive relationship with these characters, with the girls especially. Definitely. You know, they're, they're just constantly tearing each other apart. And like you said, it would have been better if Jessica was sort of the only bitchy character. But, like, they're yeah. all just kind of awful people with the exception of Cassidy and um, – I mean, I like Chugs, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everybody will. But, uh, and yeah, like you said, the, the killer reveal is weak sauce. The shaky cam throughout drives me nuts. Like, this is Ugh. not a found footage film. No. Um, and – but yeah, – and I appreciate that – uh, like there's hardly any gratuitous nudity in this, um, which is interesting for this time period. Um, and I, I like enough about this film that I would also probably recommend it if you're, especially if you're into slashers. Um, oh yeah, totally. But uh, I don't know. Like my my uh, initial opinion on this film, I don't think was as positive as yours was just initially. So like my uh, view on this film is kind of a little. It's been a little up and down. Like, I've watched it a couple times since I saw it initially, and I didn't really like it that much initially, but then I watched it again a couple years later, and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And now I'm kind of back to where I was initially, and yeah. I don't know. Um, but like I said, these things can change, and maybe 10 years from now I'm going to revisit this and be like, this is the best thing ever, so who knows? Right. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it's this movie definitely, it, it's you, you can never really tell what someone's going to think about it. Because even yeah. when I would drag everybody to go see it, Everybody had a slightly different take. Like, some really loved it, some despised it with, like, this crazy, intense passion. Yeah, um, yeah. So, it's it's a very polarizing film. Yeah. And, uh, the yeah, the I think it has, I don't know, a really, a really low Rotten Tomato score, which, who cares? Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting to see where the kind of critics came down in this. And we've had sort of this critical reevaluation of a film like... Um, uh, Jennifer's body, like you said, and yeah. it would be interesting to see like some of those critics go back and be like, okay, like was there like were there good things here? I, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's it's interesting that Jennifer's body has sort of just become the poster child now of like let's go back and right. like, see how this is. And yeah, but yeah. you know, I do think both of the films suffered from really bad marketing. I mean, it, it yes. was the posters for both of the films were shitty and yeah. the trailers didn't really help that much. So I think they were both in some ways victims of that. Um, That's a good point. Good point. So I, yeah. I, I would be curious to hear exactly what went on behind the scenes with this film in terms of the marketing. Um, because I think we have heard a lot about what happened with the marketing of Jennifer's body, which is a fucking fiasco and it is, Right. Insanity. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if something similar took place with this film. Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, But yeah, this was, it was still fun to go back to this era. Yeah. And it's it's kind of put me in that mood for, I mean, like like you mentioned with like House of Wax. And there were a couple little gems from this era. There's some good ones. And I think as a teenager, like I said, I didn't necessarily like relate to this era a lot. But now that I look back and nostalgia has kicked in, I'm like, okay, there was some stuff that actually I did enjoy. And, uh, I, yeah. w- I just watched, uh, Disturbia the other day and I'm like, man, that was, it was a fun movie. That was you actually know? fairly well done. And listeners, of course, you know, feel free to reach out to us and be like, we yeah. want you to cover more of these type of films. Yes. Or whatever, you know, um, Six. We, we are very open to suggestions. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're pretty well planned out through July, but then after that, it's pretty 
open game. You know, oh, yeah. we could do whatever. Um, and I gotta say, like, I'm really excited for what we have planned for June and July. So it's gonna be really fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, sorry, we were a little more, like, downbeat on this film, but mm-hmm. we have to tell it like we see it, you know? That's the point yeah. of the podcast. Uh, and there is uh, still good stuff in there, so we're yeah, not going to be absolutely. super negative. There's, there are absolutely. good things. I firmly believe every film, for the most part, has at least one good quality. Yeah, I firmly believe that, so... Me too. Yeah, I would not have started... You know, I would not have asked you to start a podcast where we just, like, bash on films because you know that's no, not I don't you know like why that. it's you know? not constructive right like right, that, right. I, I don't like that kind of stuff so I don't either I don't know as long as we're constructive I'm good yeah same <laughs> same 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 well to close out this episode let's go into our favorite segment and that is Overlook Gems woo oh yes over over uh Listeners, do I need to tell you what this is about at this point? Okay, I will. <laughs> as you may as you may know by now, Chris and I are all about the underdogs and the oddballs. So at the end of our episodes, we're each going to recommend a horror film that we feel is generally underappreciated or overlooked. Mm-hmm. It might be a film from a big studio with a big budget, or it may be a tiny indie effort. Whatever floats our boat that particular week. Uh, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah, uh, my pick this week is Eyes of a Stranger. Which is a um, a 1981 sort of slasher movie, sort of mystery thriller. It kind of has a kind of a rear window element to it, and it's about a news reporter who believes that she is living across the street from a serial murderer, and uh, so she starts to investigate, and things get crazy, and she has a blind and deaf sister who is played by Jennifer Jason Lee in one of her very first roles. And it's actually a very intense, kind of creepy movie. And um, it's got some some great um, Tom Savini effects. And it's it's pretty intense at times. And I, I recommend it. Cool. I'm going to check that one out. It's cool. a good one. Uh, mine is, I decided to pick something from 2009 because that's where we're at today, and I picked The Uninvited. Oh, that's um, a good one. It is. It's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it does not hold a candle to the original uh, South Korean film, A Tale of Two Sisters. Right. But it is interesting, I think, in its own right. It, um, I think when you take it on its own terms, it's kind of a fun young adult supernatural mystery thriller. Mm. Um, I used to read a lot of Lois Duncan books as a kid and oh, it gives yeah. me a lot of those vibes. Um, like I know we did the summer of the book, which is very different from the film and uh, locked in time. And she has, she has some great books. Mm-hmm. She was kind of in that Christopher Pike era, you know, with, with all that stuff. Um, although I think she was actually before that, but oh, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. she was like seventies, like, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then her books were like still popular in the nineties. So I oh, think totally. Part yeah. of the thing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a fun movie. I think the ending is not great, and I think if they had just sort of left it how it was in the original, it would have been better, but I think it was one of those situations where they were like, well, we're doing a remake, so we should change this and make it a little more interesting, yeah. um, and it didn't totally work. However, like I said in the previous episode, I tend to be more of a journey versus destination guy, and I liked the journey, and I appreciated the characters. There's some great performances. Actually... Elizabeth Banks in oh, this film she's fabulous is in this. so good. She plays this like wicked stepmother character and she is just camping it up like the whole time. And I feel like Hollywood always struggles with Elizabeth Banks. Like they never know yeah. quite what to do with her. And like, this is a great role for her. And I'm it like, really yes. was. <laughs> uh, are you still watching 30 Rock? 
Yes, I am. How how far are you into that now? Oh god, I just watched. Uh, what was the last one I watched? Oh shit. Uh, I think I'm on e- either season four. I think season four, maybe. I think. Okay. Yeah. I think. Because she eventually comes into there, and it is like the best thing she's ever done. Um, I cannot wait. Her and Julianne Moore are both in. I think season four later on, and it's just yes, it's amazing. So, I'm so that'll be fun. So the message of this film recommendation is give more roles to Elizabeth Banks because Amen. she is such a such an underrated talent, and I, I want to see her in more things. But yeah, so uh, yeah. So check out these overlooked gems if you get a chance, and you know it's worth revisiting Sorority Row or give it a shot. You know, it's yeah. uh, there's enough there that I think we both would you know recommend it. Yeah, if you are in a certain mood, especially. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a cautious recommend i guess I yeah it's yeah. it's yeah. not gonna float everyone's boat but um but there are moments that are worth treasuring we have one more film left in the series mm-hmm. which is crazy uh i know right we might have to come around again like several months down the road and we'll do like revenge of the sorority slashers you well, know there are so uh, many there's like a million there are so many good ones there are so many good ones because we we didn't even do house on sorority row which is no. so good like the classic yeah. one so we'll have to come back and maybe Absolutely. hit some of this at some point again listeners if you want more of these just hit us up and be like i would like to see more of these and maybe we will completely ignore you but maybe we will do what you say <laughs> we're not gonna do everything that you say okay right so, uh, <laughs> right right you're not the boss of us the people's podcast right yeah <laughs> uh, uh but in the meantime you know before next week um you can follow us on multiple places uh let's see our facebook is hohh podcast that is also on twitter on instagram we are at homos homos on haunted hill all one word uh otherwise um yeah any chris any announcements from you or not really no <laughs> okay yeah yeah um just uh everyone stay safe and try yeah to yeah find something that makes you happy i don't know exactly i think that's really important in this time period uh find your uh, bliss find your bliss yep. thank you <laughs> all right listeners thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week bye goodbye